You're listening to 101.9 FM, KPCRLP, Santa Cruz. Tony Duchesne here, and welcome to Drinks with Tony, with my guest Tim Kirk, the author of Christ Never Showed Up, the disappointing near death of Joe McPuppet and his curious life afterwards. If you're in Los Angeles, there's a release party for the book on June 3rd at Skylight Books in Los Feliz. And if you'd like to support the show, please consider becoming a Patreon for as low as $3. Link is at drinkswithtony.com. In fact, I still have zero Patreons, so please be the first Patreon. I'm even asking ex-wives, ex-girlfriends, you're all encouraged. Show your support. And now, listen to Tim and I discuss Christian Puppet Theater, meeting James Kahn, being the sound engineer at your church, and benefits of that, thereof and henceforth. My erectile function for Ellen Barkin, going to the Cannes Film Festival for the documentary Room 237 that Tim produced, and how to woo a woman to become your wife through your blog. Hi, I'm Tim Kirk, and you're listening to Drinks with Tony. Get on the Drinks with Tony show. You're listening to Drinks with Tony. I'm your host, Tony Duchesne. Today on the show, we have Tim Kirk. He's the author of Christ Never Showed Up, the disappointing near-death experience of Joe Puppet and his curious life afterward. Tim, how are you? Hi, uh, I am doing well. How are you, sir? I'm all right. Congratulations on the book. Thank you. So what did Jesus do to you? What happened, man? <laughs> I, I don't know, man. You know, I uh, I think there's some, uh, I think I'm the green piece of, 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 of Jesus. I wouldn't say haters, but, you know, I'm, I'm the... I'm not the, the, the incendiary, uh, you know, uh, earth first kind of guy, you know, uh, I let Joe McPuppet do my, uh, do deal with my problems. Yeah. And, and you are a puppeteer, right? Well, I pretended to be for a long time, uh, when I was creating this character, mm-hmm. uh, and then somehow, uh, that kind of turned me into being a puppeteer for a while, uh, uh, which was crazy because that's not what I set out to do. When, so when did you create this character? So uh, I think in about 2002, I stumbled upon a online uh, database for Christian puppet plays, which I, I didn't know existed, you know. Um, and- now, now, hold on. There's, there's not just stumbling on this. That how, how do you end up? in this data (laughs) what are you searching sir to to get to christian puppet um uh this 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 subculture i've never heard of in my life yeah and and i want to find it now and i want to see these christian puppet plays okay i will give you the address uh but yes that's an astute question i i was at a, a dinner party and it was right around when AFI was doing their top 100 something or another, you know, mm-hmm. you know how they do that. And uh, I think it was the third time. So it was top 100 comedies or Westerns or something. Anyway, we all start joking about, oh, well, you know, if I top 100 this, top 100 that. And then I was like, top 100 puppet movies. And then I went home and I was like, I wonder, 
wonder if there are any kind of plays for about puppets or whatever. I don't know. I just kind of was stuck with this idea. And I found the, and you know, there it was, uh, faith or something that led me to, uh, to the Christian puppet uh, uh, resource page. Huh. And, uh, and it was just, it was crazy. It's like, if you can imagine uh, a Sunday school kind of mimeographed program of what was going to happen, you know, that day, you know, we're going to read. Uh, we're going to read Psalms this, we're going to do that, right? Yeah. This was sort of the online version of that. It looks, it's, it was really, uh, it felt really old school, you know? Huh. Um, but anyway, it had all these ways that you could search puppet plays and so forth. So I assume for pastors putting on plays. So I thought, oh, I'll, 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 maybe I'll write one of these. Uh, and I did, and uh, they had a feedback, um, and uh, it, it was it was it was pretty well panned. It was not it was not appreciated my little play. So, wait, so I, you so so you created the play and then posted it to this group? Yes. Okay. And, and, and they they didn't appreciate your take on uh, as a as they they did they were looking for Christian puppets and they didn't like your angle on it. Is that the or puppet plays? Pretty much, the guy who ran runs it is like, you know, uh, we'll allow anything. We'll just put it up, but then it has a, you know, at the bottom you can do uh, comments, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, and 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 ratings. And I got like all it goes one to ten, and I got all yeah. ones. Um, <laughs> and I think the big problem is I had uh, had Jesus in the play, and he said, "Let's get it on." At one point, and I think that really that didn't really go over too well but wouldn't i mean if you think about jesus wouldn't he be a dude who would say let's get it on i mean he sounded like a party dude in this whole scene of big depressive people that were like huh i agree i agree i agree and i was trying to and it was my first attempt so the idea was i was doing this twist on uh the garden of gethsemane is it you know that we're Gethsemane, yeah, yeah. That is that where uh, he was um, on the cross. No, actually, that's where he, uh, where he was the night before he went with his okay. apostle, and yeah. he had this alone time, and he had his first, and he has this really kind of his first and only sort of human reaction to the fact that he's about to get horribly killed. Right? He's like, he, it, it was kind of like. This is if it was a movie, he was like, this might be a bad idea. <laughs> totally. It's like he's like, uh, is this really? And he's talking to God, like, is it, if, if this really has to happen, I can do it. But so I thought, okay, well, I'll, I'll do this because it's for the kids and I can update it. I said it in uh, it was called In the Garden, and it and it, and it was uh, uh, some Boy Scouts on a trip, and they kind of had this similar thing, and then Jesus comes along and says get it let's get it on and you know and, and uh wait he uh, said oh he says let's get it on to the to the boy scouts <laughs> yeah, like, yeah yeah wait was it a sexual yeah. uh, let's get it on. no 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 it's like, oh, okay, okay. It's rap you know oh, okay okay and that's my brain problem but that, that's not your brain problem i interpreted no. it wrong Go ahead. <laughs> no you're right I, I, there's the, the whole thing is if you're gonna do this there had to be 
some parameters, right? Uh-huh, I mean, uh-huh. um, so I mean, I got real hooked. I wrote a bunch, and then I started, uh, you know, getting my friends to write them, and we created a. a a group called Puppet to Puppet, Puppet Play Productions. And so, and so, um, so you're actually now you're you're filming these plays. Uh, is that is that what's happening, or is it just written, just writing them and okay. putting them up there, and then seeing if people respond or not? And, okay. Uh, quickly, you know, these these things actually got performed, um, and every one of them was somewhat subversive. Um, and I'm really proud of some, some of these guys. These are very talented friends uh, that I got. And, and some of these things are really amazing. And um, But anyway, it, I created this character then uh, called Jim Hill, who was then, he was sort of this very sweet youth pastor who was sort of the head of this production company, the Puppet Puppet. And he would write newsletters and put out fires and stuff like that. But we're talking about parameters. I got tired of that and I really wanted to write something more fiery. Uh, so I created Joe McPuppet. And then I've been playing with that character for years. And finally, I just finished this book, about, which is starring him. Right. And his near-death experience. Yes, it is near-death experience. And, and, and Jesus doesn't show up. Jesus does not show up. I don't want, I mean, I don't want to give away the plot, but it kind of says it in the title. So that's. No, you're right. <laughs> well, that's the hook. The hook is that, that he's this, he's this very, he's 16. He's very, he's grown up in a very fundamentalist church society where. And I, church, and I, and I understood that completely because I did too. So. Well, I know that's what I want to, I was really excited to see that. And I'm, I'm sorry. I, 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 I wanted to read your book or at least watch the movie and I haven't, and I'm yeah, sorry, it's, but it's not a prerequisite. You know, it's, there's, <laughs> but, but, but it's right in my ballpark. I mean, I'm telling you, it's right yeah. in my, uh, we're well, um, we, we both got Jesus in our titles. That's what <laughs> I, that's right. That's right. It, this is the so, Jesus crew here. <laughs> so I, so I know you were Johannes, Johanna witness, uh, Jehovah's witness. Johanna Witness would have been great because that sounds like a prostitute I could have grown up with, gone through puberty, had a had an actual normal sexual experience, and be and then I would be totally complete today and have a a, a you know a steady job and a, and a house in the hills. That would be uh, that would be an interesting road. Yeah, yeah. No, it wasn't Johanna. Unfortunately, it was Jehovah. Jehovah. No, I'm sorry, to mis uh, mispronounced there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but you know i guess i'm sure more everyone knows uh, i'm sure you know very well that like you know it's a, it's a th- this kid was growing up in a similar he's first baptist is what i had him yeah uh, yeah yeah so it's very you know it's all about the inerrancy of Christ, of god you know that the, the bible is is each word is the word of god and yep. there's you know no no such thing as uh interpretation you know exactly or it's Uh, not even that it's our interpretation is the right interpretation uh, everyone else is wrong right (laughs) but they won't they won't admit that it's an interpretation right exactly exactly. right right we just have it they don't yes (laughs) um and 
so anyway, that as part of um, doing puppet to puppet, right? Putting mm-hmm. those plays out there and dealing with people's, uh, you know, outrage or anger or, or trying to figure out what we were doing. You know, there's some very cool people. Um, I really kind of got to know even better that kind of mindset and that kind of thing. So I, what I wanted to do is throw a kid who's been grown up in that entire world. I think I just dropped acid. Oh, because, because the internet or the internet connections off. The acid is just kicking in, I think. That's the experience. I'm, 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 I'm so high right now. He goes to he expects. I mean, it's, it's there we go. Wait. Wow, man. <laughs> Are you back? <laughs> I'm back. Are you okay, back? Okay, so it wasn't the acid. I, I, I got to stop dropping acid right before the show. <laughs> okay. What, what did you just say? <laughs> well, it was an odd moment because I was saying that. He, he, he dies, he goes to heaven, he sees heaven, and it's exactly what he expected. And this is when you start tripping. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, and it's, uh, except Jesus doesn't come to, 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 to personally uh, welcome him. And so when he comes back to the living, he's very angry. He's very, feels totally betrayed. Yeah. And so he, uh, he decides to take all the money he'd been saving for, uh, for his, uh, you know, his trip to the Holy Land or whatever, and, and moved to Los Angeles, and the other Holy Land. Exactly. Well, the opposite, right? Because <laughs> he had been told that that is the wickedest place on earth. So he was like, it, "There we go." You know, and that, and there's, and I mean, it's interesting that your character did that because a lot of people actually do feel that way about, about California and yeah. about Los Angeles. You know, in yeah. San Francisco. It's it's not even a religious thing. It's it's just like, why would you go there? You know, I I mean, I, I used to be married to someone who uh, grew up in the Midwest, and I mean, I was just when I would go visit in Wisconsin, I was seen as this alien. You know, it was just like, wait, you grew up there? You know, it's, you're not poking me in your the eye with your penis right now? Yeah, and I'm like, would you like me to? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I had a similar experience. My family's all from Illinois, and I go back, and it was the same thing. It was just very critical. Look, the second I walked into a room, like, hmm, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's not like I had a purple mohawk or anything. I was just me, you know? It was like, uh, yeah. No, I, I got a mustache and beard now. I didn't even have that then. I was just a clean-cut dude. But, yeah. um, but you know, at the same time, it's just uh, I, I I also get it. I also like I don't like you know the other way around where people think people in the Midwest or other states are like all kind of dumb and bumpkins. What yeah. you know, and it's just like I don't like that stereotype either. It's just like no, it's you know the the stereotypes are all there. So I'm just like all right, I accept the California stereotype, and I'm going to try to talk to you. I'm going to talk to you normally, and you're going to go, oh wait a second, you're not not like what I thought of, and of yeah. course. Every it's going to be an intelligent conversation. It's just after we get through those those little barriers, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Especially I was in the. I know you're in the film business until my and, uh, you know, one of the things I would often get is like, I want. 
I watch the end of these shows and there's all these people, all these titles, these names of people. And I can't imagine that all these people are working on something that's so useless to me, you know? And then I, I would just try to be like, you know, each one of those people is trying to do their job as best they can. And they're usually the prof professionals in their business, you know, and just try and just kind of personalize it a little bit, you know? And, and I love how they say they watch the end credits and the, uh, to this thing that's so useless to me, but yeah. they watched it and it's their fault. It's still on TV. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, You're the problem. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So anyway, just go back to Joe. He, uh, so he moves to LA and, and he's, uh, and he's, you know, he's, he's trying to, to, to just be everything he wasn't, you know. Um, he's also dealing with anger and cynicism and being yeah. lost for yeah. things that he had never really experienced because it had all been sort of answered for him. Um, yeah, and it's so it's so intriguing to have all the answers because I, I I truly believe so. I did have all the answers, and then once the once the once it starts cracking a little bit, and it takes a while to crack. It takes a lot of therapy, but it's just like. Then when you realize you don't have the answers, that's a very scary place to be. It's it's uh it's not easy. <laughs> yes. Uh, <clears throat> not to get not to get dark here. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Did you have a revelatory moment uh in your life? I probably had about 10. Um, uh -huh. and it just it took a little more, a little more, a little more, and um, and then I was finally like okay, I, you know, I was still married to a Jehovah's Witness. And I was like, I can't go anymore. I can't, you know, I, I don't know what's wrong, but something's wrong, but I still believed. Uh -huh. And that was, that, that was kind of, it, yeah. So it, it took years. It took a long time. But. I bet, I bet. And I, yeah. I know uh, that belief is, uh, is, is sticky. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's still in there too. It's just, I, 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 you know, it's, I, I've and I wanted the book to be the end of my identity. I was like, I'm putting the stamp on it. This is the last time I'll ever have to. Yeah. This is a lot. And then all of a sudden, they're like, "So you want to make a movie?" And I'm all, "Oh God, are you kidding me? I got to relive all this crap again." Okay, but that's the end. I'm never gonna have to talk about it again. And then, um, all it did was just open up more and more conversation about it. And then I was like, "Wait a second, I have to realize to, um, I should respect myself and who I was." You know, and then it's okay. It was okay that I grew up that way. It's okay that, you know, the story's there. And so stop trying to back out of it. And so then that was kind of a, a new reckoning as well, where I was, you know, I want, I'm going to write, you know, well, I am working on something completely different. And it's just so joyous to not uh, have the word Jesus or God yeah. in the manuscript. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, I hear you completely. And I feel like I didn't have as intense an experience as you or Joe did. But, uh, you know, my father was a minister and my stepfather was a minister. And my, oh, wow. What, 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 uh, what denomination? A Methodist. Mm, okay. Uh, Midwest Methodist. Yeah. Yeah. And a fairly, you know, a fairly cool church as they go, you know. And, yeah. Um, my mom stayed in and, and, and for her, I, I don't know that it was belief at all. It was just, uh, uh, it was just an engineer for, uh, for, uh, 
social change, you know, she had used it as that, you know. And, um, you know, I, and I, and I actually understand that for religion. I mean, that makes so much sense. You go to, you go to church on Sunday and there's a lot of people that are just kind of like, oh yeah, we got to listen to the, you know, the guy up there bang on about something. And then we can hang out and talk to each other. You know, it's, yeah. if that's the only thing you got in town, I'm sure I would go too. You know, yeah. it's just, I don't, you know, I don't got a cafe. Well, I'll go, I'll go to the church and I'll go, you know, listen to this and some of it might be interesting and some of it might be gibberish. And then I'll, uh, you know, see what Tim is doing over at uh, his place with his puppets. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. And for my mom, she, you know, she grew up in a small Illinois town and a very right-wing family, et cetera. So when she moved to California, right, she was cutting a lot of things, but the church I think was still, it was a rope to that back that passed even though she was using it in a completely different way now you know yeah yeah um so you know you, you you don't get any what did you like actually actively have to leave the church or did you just kind of um did you kind of just go did you kind of walk backwards <laughs> just like, did you like put your hands up and walk backwards and go don't shoot me don't shoot me yeah. am i clear am i clear you you nailed it. You nailed it. Because <laughs> I uh, I uh, what I did was it in, and I don't know how tricky this was, but it sure worked. Was I got a job at the church when I was like thirteen or fourteen, which was I set up the 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 mics and monitored them. For oh the, my god! For the, I did that at the Jehovah's Witness uh, Kingdom Hall too. We we were both on audio. That's rad. Oh, but, <laughs> but I didn't get paid we, though. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, I was up in a booth, like overlooking the thing. Were you oh. like that, or were you? No, no, or? that sounds sexy. I, I probably would have stayed a Jehovah's Witness if I got to do the booth upstairs and was looking down. Uh, well, also I could set the 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 meters and then just kind of take a little snooze. Uh-huh. Uh, but it allowed me to go to church every week, which is what my parents wanted, right? And yeah. but I'll, I was really just getting some money and and. Uh, I don't know. It was an interesting experience, but I did that shit did get into my dreams. I'm sure because I was sleeping through sermons, you know? Yeah. Well, and they say you're susceptible to that too. And um, what do you call it? When, uh, when you start to kind of doze off, as they say, uh, when the monot- when the speech is monotonous, which a lot of speech in the um, Jehovah's Witness stuff is monotonous. And, uh-huh. just, and that's when you're really open to new suggestions and new suggestible yeah. things. Yeah. 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 I'm sure of it. Wow. So we, we, uh, we were both the, uh, uh, with the IT guys, the, the AV guys. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. It was cool, though, because you get to get out of a little bit of that stuff. You can snooze in back. Like, it's like I could sit in the back and just be like, oh, no, I'm busy. So I can't totally participate. And then yes. and then the young ladies and, the, you know, in their flower dresses who are walking up to go to the restroom, they smile at you and you smile back. And it's one of the greatest place to be, be when you're scoping out the, you know, possible people that you want to marry and breed with. And you just everything's uh-huh. open. Right. It's like. I can have any one of these. And they're like, you can't wow. have me yet. And it's just like one day. <laughs> so. Uh-huh. so that was a way. That was the way. That was your path. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. So then um, so then what did you do? Did you like quit the job and then that's how you got out? Or did you oh no, just I went to college and then that was that. Oh, okay. And I and so... I made sure I'm going out of town, you know, mm-hmm. out of state. 
Yeah. That's cool. And it's um, it's okay. Your parents were like happy you were going to college. Yeah, they were okay. They were happy. And like I said, they weren't, there was a bunch of our family that was like Joe, that it was the church was their lives and they went to you know they went to school at the church you know what i mean uh and uh oh okay but but this wasn't us we fortunately it was just a sunday thing and yeah uh you know it permeates your life though because you know like i said my dad was was a minister so uh my parents got divorced and then she married a, a minister whose father was a minister so there was like this whole thing and it was their thing and my thing and uh so anyway it it, it worked with it in the puppet to puppet um in part just that was very felt very good because it was sort of like oh i have all this information and i know so much of this stuff and i understand the cadence and structure of how these plays should leave any lesson you know it needs to start start with shaming and end with some very simple resolution right they're teaching the Jesus. <laughs> yeah and i was so very fun to work in that to use those skills that i had right yeah um and then when i got to create joe uh then i was able to create this character who was beyond me who was very angry and knew this stuff up and down but he was like trying to destroy it in every stroke of his puppet pen. Um, and then, so then when I, the, the book is basically, um, I started then writing a blog as Joe and it was started drawing from stuff that was going on in my life and, but exaggerating it into this Joe's world, you know? And oh, how fun is that? So, so, so fun. Yeah. yeah. So like, what's an, what's an example of something that was happening in your life? And then how did you exaggerate it when you went to the blog? Okay. So uh, this is a really fun one was I was, um, I was a screenwriter, but I'm sure as you know, sometimes you need to make some extra money. And I was working. That's all I know. <laughs> yeah, so I, was, I was working in this warehouse uh, uh with an, another guy I knew and we were sorting these boxes and things. It was actually a kind of a, a pretty cool job. I mean, uh -huh. there, was some, there was some thinking involved and physical activity that just felt, it just felt different from writing. Okay. Um, but right across, so the loading dock entered onto a small uh, alley and across the alley were all the honey wagons for a, a, a TV show called Vegas that was going Oh, I remember that show. Yeah. And James Kahn was in that. Yes. Yeah. I liked that show. I don't know why. Like there's some shows are total guilty pleasures to me. And then so like Vegas probably stayed on way too long because I actually watched every episode. I was that guy. I, I got caught up too. And at first just because like, oh, wow, it's a show across the, you know. Yeah. It was fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. But anyway, you know, we just, those guys were playing basketball and back. And, you know, so anyway, we kind of ended up talking to these guys a bit. So I did chat to, with James Conn once or twice, right? Not a couple of times, but not like, hey, I love your work or anything. Just like, how's the salad today? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking hot. That kind of thing. Um, but so Joe goes in this whole thing where Joe's, where, where Jimmy's his best friend and he moves in with him. 
and uh, and his he does a puppet play for his grandchildren, and uh, so that's all in the book. And that was stuff I was writing concurrently when I was just kind of brushing by James Con every day at his <laughs> warehouse job, you know. That's rad. And then it, and then were you ever scared that James Con might read it and go, "Oh crap, that's that guy." <laughs> I was worried. I was worried, but I don't know. It was a weird little blog. I mean, now the book's out. We'll see. But I, I dedicated it to him, so yeah, maybe he'll he'll appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, yeah, I get. It's it's so strange how uh, that whole celebrity thing, where it's just like you're a celebrity, you can be written about, and we and we can all. It's not like we're introducing a character because everyone knows what a James Con is, you know. Yeah. So it, it's not like you have to like sit there and introduce who he is and how he talks and how he walks. You just go, and James Con comes up, and it's like we're in. We all know he's part totally. of the mythology of all storytelling. You know, he's in the. He's, and, and I, I usually I actually play against that. I know what you mean exactly, and I was using that in the book and in the blog. But uh, Joe would have no clue. So he was, people would call, talk about the Godfather and he, he thought it was the grandfather <laughs> yeah. and he'd never seen it. He didn't know what was going on. And uh, so then finally he's like, I should watch some of these movies. And so he just, he picks the worst ones like Slither and Mickey Blue Eyes. And he really liked Mickey Blue Eyes because he thought finally someone found a good role for Jim, Jimmy <laughs> where he's kind of like a, a gangster. He's like a tough guy. Uh you know, good job, casting director. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, and he finally sees the movie and he's like, Oh, you know, so so that was fun, you know, that was yeah. fun. And also I saw Passion of the Christ. Did you see that when it came out? No, I still had well, when it came out, I think I was still a Jehovah's Witness, so I couldn't oh, see wow. it. Wow. And then um, and I still haven't seen it though. I do want to see it. Uh, I guess I have to kind of mentally prepare myself before I watch it, though. It was hard. I saw it yeah. in the theater. Um, it, you know, I don't like, you know if it, it opened on like Ash Ash Friday or something. So it was that's convenient. Yeah. So it was it was a very that's the older movie, right? How when is Passion of the Christ? When was that? It came out. 2003 2004 oh okay so so then i would have just missed that i wouldn't have actually so okay so i was i was thinking of um what was the willem Dafoe temptation one? temptation of the christ right that yeah. came out, when that came yeah. out i was still jehovah's witness and that would be very nice uh, to see but like 2004 i, I would have i just missed it but yeah it wasn't it wasn't out of it's, belief it's, a, it's an intense freaking movie i mean it's really just i mean it's almost entirely jesus getting beat up for for like 90 minutes of just beat up hit whipped you know and like he's enjoying it as like close-ups of of whips ripping his body and you know what i mean it was really gory. was that a mel gibson did he direct that he sure oh did. okay yeah. That makes sense with the gore and stuff, because yeah, he's he goes for it, man. Oh yeah, and he goes for people getting his heroes getting hurt. Yeah, uh, you know. Uh, so it really, it really bummed me out just on so many levels, right? Um, It'd probably send me back to the Jehovah's Witnesses if I watched that. I'm, I I got to be careful. 
careful. It was really, it was tough. And then I went outside and everyone's hugging and crying. Oh, because this is at the theater. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Joe, he loved it. He was like, oh, that's the best one I've ever seen. It's just nonstop, just beating up on Christ, you know, because he's so angry at him. <laughs> not showing up, you know. Right. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't get behind the velvet rope. They were they like, look, I'm the dead guy. Come on, man. Yeah, then, totally, totally. <laughs> so yeah so like i said uh you know ex- experiences of my life i got to play through it and it helped create the the story as well and and i and also i mean with that's what it's lucky that we get to do that as writers because we could take things that are kind of hard in life and then like shift it around and exaggerate it and kind of make it silly and then and it's almost like reframing different experiences in our lives you know I agree completely. I agree completely. Um, and it was kind of a really funny moment where it crossed over into reality is when I met my wife, um, She, I told her about the blog. She started reading it and she was really into it. And then I, I started, I had Joe, I would have done this even if she wasn't reading it. I had Joe meet this girl and, you know, this and that. Uh, and I decided to make her uh, a heroin addict, but he didn't realize it. He was just like, talk how she had to go to the bathroom a lot and, you know, this kind of thing. And, uh, um, and uh, so she really dug it. And, you know, she would kind of look forward to like seeing how the blog went the next night after a date or something. You know what I mean? So then it even closer to. Wow. Part of yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And then she still married you after this. I know, I know. She's crazy. And she's in here. And then we have a daughter and that's in the book too. I'm pointing at the book. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and so that's in there too. Uh, and it, it, it's kind of fun. I What I really enjoyed is I usually write such stru- structured things is this one got to just go crazy places and stuff, but I have an overall arc and I had a, you know, I had a, a place for him to go and uh, and, uh, and uh, a setback and then he kind of has this this big ending but um but a lot of it felt a lot freer of just like fun little anecdotes oh, you know what i'll have him inherit a taco truck and he'll he'll go down to youtube and meet all those guys and he, he can he can have his opinions on what youtube is and you know uh it's just really fun and freeing to do that, you know. Yeah, especially well because you have a lot of experience in screenwriting. Is that is that right? I do. Yeah. Yeah. When 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 did you start screenwriting? When did you go? Hey, wait a second. I think I'm a screenwriter. Um, I think when I, you know I got out of college, I came back here, and I was thinking about the things I could do, and I thought, well, writing would be good, and so I I started working on it it's just a runner on a tv show but i i got to see scripts every day and uh-huh. get a sense of how they work and then so i just started writing specs and then i wrote for this for this guy and the sadly is, is just is most of my produced credits because i wrote a bunch of stuff and sold a bunch of stuff but uh, as you know a lot of stuff doesn't get made uh, right but i met this guy through a gal i guess i was sort of dating and he was a um, he was this guy Harry Allen Towers, and he's uh, he's made hundreds of films. English guy, 
and part of his gig was he he could um, he had a citizenship in Canada and a couple of other countries dual citizenship. So if if he put his name on it as the writer, he could get a a, a break, right, a, a financial mm-hmm. break. Um, so I, he would put this name Peter Welbeck, and so I was one of many Peter Welbecks for. I think about five years, I just wrote all his weird little movies. Um, and, uh, and it would be, it was really, it was like writing old school. It's like, okay, you got three weeks and I'll give you X amount of week, you know, kind of thing. Uh, cool. Yeah. Um, I like that fire. I, lo- I love that. Just like the intensity of like, here's money. You got three weeks make it work and yeah. and the, and there's just something so sexy about a gun to your head because it's just like this can't ever work in three weeks and then you have to cr- then you have to create the solution to make it work in three weeks yeah yeah and, and i don't know it seems to be free seem to be the acid just kicked in again. oh it's feeling good oh yeah Tripping balls, tripping balls on this acid. <laughs> Maybe I should tone it down. Oh, there we go. Oh, you're back. You're back. <laughs> but that's wow. good, man. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 what did you say before I started? Oh, I was just saying that, uh, that you know, we were talking about freeing, and, uh, mm-hmm. and there was something about like. Well, what what do I expect in three weeks? I can't imagine that this is going to be a masterpiece. So, yeah, let's go. You know, that was awesome. That was also a good feeling. Yeah, and and how did you approach it? I mean, when you when you're approached with that, does he give you a premise and kind of some of what he wants, or is it is does he is he just like, hey, make me a western or make me a horror? Uh, No, he would. Okay, I've got um, you know, I've got Donald Pleasance and blah blah blah. He wouldn't end up getting and. they're going to play these two characters and um, this one is based on a, a short story. You can read it, but here's the first 15 pages I wrote, uh, which I didn't use. They were just terrible. Um, right. Um, but he, and he was, he was not like, Oh, I'm a great writer. He was just like, you know, that's just some shit I used to get this thing paid for, you know? Um, and then, uh, and then after a while he was, just like um called the lost world not the spielberg one but um but with john reese davies and david warner which was very cool david warner i think is an amazing actor um not this thing but anyway we were watching the dailies and he was like uh you are a you are a hammy writer but you're a very actable hammy writer or something like that, or you're a hammy dialogue, which is very actable hammy dialogue. I was like, oh, that's quite a, quite a compliment here uh, that I can get away with that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, uh, that, that that's fun because it's like, you know, sometimes when you like, when, well, when I've like, when you like look at a script and then you see what the actors do with the words and you're just like, it sounds so dumb on paper. Then these people take it to a new level, you know, it's just like, how do you do that? And that's got to be part of the actor's toolbox where sometimes they just get this and go, maybe they go, oh crap, this is a problem. I actually have to make this problem work. 
I, I don't know because I'm not an actor, but just kind of be, you know, that might be part of what they do is make problems work. And yeah. Make, and I think that I was on the same wavelength, though I didn't know it, as mm -hmm. they were, which was they were doing this for money. They were doing this was not like a big career choice, right? It was just money and a quick, it was going to be a quick production and they would get to travel to some beautiful locations like in this one they shot uh down in africa right yeah. and uh, so it's like yeah okay i can do this and like if we you know one take is fine with me <laughs> you know i'm not gonna yeah, do it myself yeah. you know yeah. uh, and i think we were both in the we were all in the same uh, in the same uh, boat there so did you direct some of this too no i did not oh, I, okay. I just wrote and um and then i wrote uh with a partner for years uh, sold a bunch of pitches and a couple specs uh, and then I started making documentaries and then uh, that allowed me for when I was writing to write books and that's what I do with my writing right now. And, and what was the shift to documentaries? Um, what, what, did, was there something where you just like you know, what was what was the first documentary where you like okay I got to work on this? Well I the, the first thing I did was just a job for hire thing and I was just kind of intrigued. I was intrigued, obviously. And it was not very good, this thing I was doing, but it was it was it was interesting and it was different. And then um I I had I stumbled again on the internet, I stumbled upon something that incited me and I uh, and I started uh, talking to my friend. Not a, even as a film, just like, oh, you know how you find something crazy and you mm -hmm. go, hey, friend, read this. Yeah. And so there's my friend Rodney Asher and the two of us started going, oh, my God, we got to find more about this and let's make a movie. And uh, it ended up going to Sundance and Cannes Film Festival and all over the world. Um, so that was kind of got me on the on the road. What, what movie was that? It was called Room Two Three Seven. Oh, okay, yeah, I know that movie. Yeah, yeah, it's about the. I took I took a class from of from Rodney when he taught at Film Arts Foundation in the nineteen nineties in San Francisco. He was no teaching way. like Adobe Premiere version one, wow. and 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 we had we were he was teaching us that and After Effects. So we were creating animation, really rudimentary animation, and like Film Arts Foundation many years ago. Yeah. Wow! Wow! That's a cool. Uh, a cool place yeah. yeah that was a great place it's just it's one yeah. of the many things of it's one of the many you know reasons uh it was just like that all of that was going away in san francisco and i knew i had i knew i had to be in another city to get yeah. to get the beauty of that but it was you know they had film arts foundation they had bay area video coalition and it's just like you could take classes that weren't that expensive with these people that were actually doing stuff and just and the creative juices were just great. And then it's just like yeah. these places were closing down and, yeah. and the creative juices weren't like hanging out as much, you know? Oh, you. wow. So you worked on two, Room 237. That's cool. Yeah, I produced that and Rodney directed. And then we, uh, he's made a couple, he and I have made a couple films since then. And I've got a couple of other films I've made and then um, documentaries mostly. And then uh, I've done a couple of, I did direct two uh, DIY uh, narratives um, that I'm proud of, um, and the bit in with with both is that it's a 
it's a fake commentary like i show an actual film and then we have people talking about it as if they were we had one and they're pretending to be the director and writer of the film and uh, uh and it was uh and that and they're talking you're realizing that there's something something bad happened on the set and then we start realizing several people got murdered and they're talking about a trial and and so it builds this whole world there um and then i have another one which is called sex madness revealed and that's based on we show the film sex madness and then it the bit is we're listening to a live podcast uh hosted by Patton oswald where he called the film dick. And what he does is he shows these films and then he talks over them about pointing things out and so forth. Uh, and he has a special guest who is the um, grandson of the director. And then as we go, we start to realize it turns into this Lovecraftian uh, horror thing. Um, that's a lot of fun. What was, it, of fun. was that your first time going to Cannes? Was that with uh, with Rodney with Room 237? Yeah, yeah. It was uh, 10 years ago, and it was at uh, the, 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 we were in Drexler's uh, Fortnite, which is, you know, the, it's one of the prestige uh, elements there. And, did, you do, uh, yeah. did you do the holding hands and walking up the carpet? Uh, we did not. We oh, I've always wanted to do that. I want to hold hands and walk up the carpet. I don't know. I don't uh, care how. If Harvey Weinstein needs a blowjob, I hear he does. No, I'm <laughs> I held my wife's hands as we walked up a red carpet, but not yeah, yeah. not Rodney. I need to do that. Well, no, you know how it is where the, uh, you see the the clips of uh, the Cannes Film Festival. I don't know if it's the award ceremony or what, but they show all the actors holding hands with the directors. Oh, they yes. as they walk up the you know, dun, da, da, da. Yeah, and it yeah. looks like it looks so glamorous, but you know, they're just sitting there, just they're just like, I cannot wait to get out of these, <laughs> out of this tux, so I can just let my belly out. You know, <laughs> you, you should have Rodney on. He'll tell you the story. I got in ahead of him when we went to the the big show at the there, and uh, and then they were going to bring in Rodney. They had all the first time directors. We're all going to come in at a certain point, man. It all worked out, like, who went when and so forth. And just as he started walking in, car pulls up, and uh, Robert Pattison gets out. And the uh, paparazzi's literally, get out of here. They're just pushing him out of the way, like, trying to get to... <laughs> so it just went from this, like, oh, what a big moment to, like, you scum, get the hell out yeah, of here. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's when we all remember who we are. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> One night you're at Cannes, the next night you're flying coach back to LA. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Going, yeah. going, it's eight dollars for a glass of wine. How about <laughs> do you want to split one, honey? <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. But yeah, that was that that was that was a trip. It was fun. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Wait, um, and it's you just uh just like wait has it has, you've been around a lot of celebrities obviously like has there in, has there been celebrities where you just kind of have gotten tongue tied and you're like oh crap like they 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 walk into a room and you're just like ah! yeah uh elaine barkin 
Oh my god, that's a good one. Yeah, I, I, I loved her in Down by Law. I don't know if you ever saw that. Yeah, she's in yeah. the beginning where she's like, her and uh, Tom Waits are fighting. It's one of my favorite scenes. Yeah, yeah. I went to, I saw her and she walked into a room and it literally was one of those like just everything froze moment. Yeah. And not just me, everyone was like, whoa, you know, uh, she's just got a magnetism. Yeah. Um, that would have been a problem for me because I would have had an immediate re- erection and I would have hoped that I was wearing loose pants if she walked in the room. That would be that would be a good plan. That would yeah, be, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then uh, and then Alec Baldwin was really excited about our film for some reason and he came to he's a presence. I mean, yeah. you know, even without a gun. Yeah, yeah. No, but yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, but I mean, this guy, I mean, he's like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. I don't know. I don't, you know, of course, you know, but I don't know if you saw the, what was that movie? Motherless Brooklyn. Did you see that? No. Ed no. Norton directed that. And it kind of like fell by the wayside, but that movie was so fantastic. And Alec Baldwin's part of the reason that movie is so fantastic. Cause that guy can take a monologue and just rip it apart. And it's just like, yeah. And it, and that's not even the best part of the film. Like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, it's the best part of the film, you know? And it's just like, and motherless brooklyn it's just like it's it's a spot-on film anyway go ahead yeah. so what so what happened when uh, you saw uh alec baldwin did you, well, did you talk came, to him well yeah he came to our little pre pre-screening party mm-hmm. and so everyone was drawn to him and we were all talking to him and he was doing this weird things with james toback that i don't know if it ever came out where they were going around interviewing people at can but i think baldwin was in character um mm. And, and it was somehow as Stephen Baldwin. <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> I don't know what his. Pro- I don't know if it ever came out. I don't know what happened to it. But it was interesting because um, Baldwin just kind of walks in and he'll just kind of be himself and start talking, and everyone's drawn to him. And Toback, um, I, I assume he just kind of figured this out that when he wanted Alex attention which is a lot Tomac seemed to really need some attention is he would get literally in his face like I would mean like six feet six inches apart away to tell a story or do whatever not even like Alan we have to Alec we have to leave but like yeah well here's what this yeah well I'll tell you the story about this or that and he literally like you know almost kissing distance from from Baldwin um so I don't know. I don't know much about. I could. I've never figured that out of like what that says about either of them. But it was really interesting, you know. And it was not new. It was something like, oh, that's how I I get Alec to talk, listen to my shit. You know, it's it's got to be. I mean, you know, it's like when I walk into a room. Sometimes people smile <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> on a good day, but uh-huh. to get that much attention immediately when people know who you are really has to do something to the brain it's i mean yeah. there's it's gotta like shift the brain chemistry yeah away. got it's, it it's it you know sometimes you, like people like you know be careful for what you want because i don't know how that i mean it's like well someone like alec baldwin i mean he's built over the years so you know he's been around it and probably around it too much where it's shifted you know there there's a bubble created i guess and but, you know, these kids who, like, become stars immediately and then all of a sudden the room shifts and looks at them, I feel bad for them because it's just like, 
how do you deal with the world looking at you on that level of just, you know, adulation and, you know, I've, sometimes I've been clapped for before and I'm just like, you know, oh, wow. Oh, thank you. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. and I had yeah. to do something huge for it. And then, but to, to just walk into a room and let, not have to do anything, just be who you are. And then, oof, I don't know. I know. And and I know I've been in that situation too. And, and often, I don't know if this is my upbringing, but my immediate thought is to is that I don't deserve it. And that I'm sort of, I really get very humble and I'm thinking everyone else and this sort of thing, which I, I kind of admire about myself, but, or I'm okay with, but mm -hmm. you, can't, you can't do that forever. I mean, you can't be that, you can't be Alec Baldwin walking in a room and everyone's like, oh, Alec Baldwin. And you're immediately like, how about the, the waiter here? And you know what I mean? And, right. Uh, you got to say, yeah, it's all about me right now so let's yeah go. and 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 then you even know the people around you are trying to pretend like they don't know who you are and trying to be, be cool but there's got to be that nervous energy like sometimes i hate you know i'll like you know i um i'll get invited to screenings or whatever where like they'll, they'll be panel and then we'll have a reception after and i kind i don't want to go because i don't want to be around the energy of the people in the audience who are going to be totally like have that weirdness and i right. just don't want to be around that energy and the energy is not even pointed at me but to be around it and then it's pointed at them i would have a really hard time with that because just being yeah. in a room like that where people are that eager and that just like you know once in a while i'll get you're a writer and then all of a sudden you know and i'm just no 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 i'm a teacher yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. No, no no i can mean, I, trust me I, you know, I am a writer and I can't do anything for you. I can barely do anything for myself. So let's just keep it there. You can turn around and find someone else in the room. <laughs> yeah. But. This is the part where Tim dropped acid, I think. He's so still right now on the Zoom. He's got to be tripping balls right now. He's He had a really good reaction, I'm sure. But it's just like. It's like next level stuff. Oh, you're back. <laughs> oh, man. I just went somewhere, man. Leading oh, <laughs> around. I didn't know what your reaction was to that. I was just like, huh, he has zero reaction. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because you said the thing and then, oh, God. No, I was going to say, well, you know, you're talking about interesting levels of celebrity. Um, you worked with Eric Stoltz, right? Mm -hmm. and yeah. A lot of people know him as an actor, but also mostly as an actor from a younger point, not only in his life, but in the person's life who saw it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now he, and now he's a director and he's doing that. And that must have been, that must be difficult to navigate. At first. I mean, it was jarring at first. And then, um, and I, you know, I just, and I made sure to not watch any. The minute that I found out he was reading my book, I did not watch anything with uh, Stoltz in it um yeah and and then at the same time it's just like i knew that i knew we were there to put a story together you know it's uh and we were there to have a conflict i mean it's there's like there, you've you you have to uh what do you call it it's like the story's first you know and um but he's so fantastic to work with um, he let me, I, I went and okay. shadowed him on, uh, he was, he was a executive producer on Madam secretary. And I went and shadowed him on their, on their last episode. And just to, just to be with him on set again, it's just like the guy is, he's so good at navigating kind of like who he is, but then let's get to work. 
Uh-huh. And um, and it's and there's just he, the, the balance that he has and just um, I, I actually I lost my literary and film agent because I did the because I did the film with him, not anything because it was him, but because there was no money. Um, uh-huh. And so they were like, uh, no, don't sign that and don't do that. And I'm like, no, Eric actually gets this and I'm and I'm feeling this and I think this is going to be made. And they're like, you're out of your mind. And then they said, goodbye, Tony, you idiot. And um, but it still was a great decision because Eric had the vision. And I just to just to work with him and see how he like manured it. And it's uh, it was fantastic. And he's just he's a cool and he's just a cool dude, too. It's like what in the end, he's just a cool dude where it's not like, you know, it's he does. He's he's an interesting cat. Um, There's. He, you know, it's kind of like he was a celebrity. He is a celebrity, but he's really good at navigating that world and uh-huh. and and being really down to earth, and um, you know, and you and I mean, if you're working on something, you got to have disagreements and you got to come to you know resolutions and yeah. um, you know, he put his foot down on stuff. I put my foot down on stuff. I was wrong. He was wrong. I was right. He was right. And it was just. And that's all great. It's just, you know, at some point you're just like, okay, man, we're bros. <laughs> we, we're, uh-huh. we're both sinking. Well, I'm sinking a lot more than he has to sink. He's just like, oh, this is a dud. I don't care. And I'm like, this is my life, man. Yeah, it is your life. It is your life. It is. Right, right. So, yeah. That was, um, but yeah, uh, um, I, I just feel so lucky that, um, that, I, that it was him that directed the film. And I'm so lucky that I just, just to be around all that it was it was glorious it could it could have been bad yeah. I, had, I didn't have a clue but after we had some interactions and after i'm like going okay just just pretend like that's not some kind of wonderful pretend that's not <laughs> like you know <laughs> pretend like it's not vincent's drug dealer and then after a while it's just you know it's just stolts you're cool so that's cool that's yeah. cool yeah well it's 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 that must have been an interesting experience Oh, it's it's fabulous. I've written diaries. I have audio diaries everywhere. I still haven't touched them yet because I'm working on other stuff. So who knows? Right, 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 <laughs> I don't know right. if anyone cares. I think that's, that's probably what it's I'm like. I think this is just for me. I don't know if anyone will care. So yeah, let's do it. It's you know, it's like, like this. Christ never showed up book. I mean, it's just uh, it's been so. Um, you know, I don't. You know, obviously, you're writing a book about it guy who's a puppeteer christian puppeteer you know i don't think you're like oh wow this is gonna make me a million dollars but it's just been so i don't know i've loved every minute of doing it and yeah and the cool thing to do is with this book is you know the whole idea is it looks like uh you know it looks like a a composition book right but one right that but one that was put out by a christian group with which Jesus. i told which i totally adore because I'm, I'm such a nerd for composition books <laughs> oh, oh cool yeah and so then it, inside is it you know it's 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 his it's like it's handwritten his journal but he pastes shit in you know mm-hmm. like he um so it was great i worked with a graphic artist and then i worked with another one and we uh uh we together we created this really cool sort of it's sort of a there's like the books are like 156 pages and like 32 of them are these graphics these things that he's pasted in that are like xeroxes or old puppet plays he's written or you know letters he gets and 
uh, that kind of stuff. So, it's, and it it's gives it a zine cool. quality, which is what I love too, because I, I love zines, you know. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah, I want it to feel at least because it's it is renegade, so why not make it, yeah, like that? You know what I mean? And that's the thing that you brought up a good point where it's about the process, like it's you know, I'm, and I've learned this oh, so many times, it's not the outcome, it's the process. It's, it, you know, it's like, uh, you know, even I'm sure you've made films where it's just like, it's not about that final cut. It's, you know, it's what, it's what we spent our years on and then, okay. Oh, that's beautiful. We got a great final cut, but yeah. the yeah. process is what took up all the time, not the yeah. 90 minutes on screen, you know, it's, uh, working with people that you like and that you feel that you're in a collaborative thing, like filmmaking, that's worth it. You know, you just don't even care about the ending. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's just, it's just different, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. We made a, We made one film and we worked with one guy I just didn't like. And it just, I don't, I look back on that film, but I can't even really watch it. It's a good film, but I just kind of like, ugh. I can see his input on stuff and I'm like, ugh, you know, uh, whereas almost everything else, I really do feel like I just kind of, been very lucky to work with people that are very, I don't know, very kind and very collaborative and very, um, I don't know. I just really, I really enjoy that process. And, and it for the love, because there's a lot better ways to make money, but you know, <laughs> so Tim, thank you for coming on the show. This has been fun. Oh, absolutely. It was a great to talk to you. Jesus was way cool. Everybody liked Jesus. Everybody wanted to hang out with him. Anything he wanted to do, he did. He turned water into wine. And if he wanted to, he could have turned wheat into marijuana, or sugar into cocaine, or vitamin pills into amphetamines. He walked on the water and swam on the land. He would tell these stories and people would listen. He was really cool. If you were blind or lame, you just went to Jesus and he would put his hands on you and you would be healed. That's so cool. He could have played guitar better than Hendrix. He could have told the future. He could have baked the most delicious cake in the world. He could have scored more goals than Wayne Gretzky. He could have danced better than Barishnikov. Jesus could have been funnier than any comedian you can think of. Jesus was way cool. He told people to eat his body and drink his blood. That's so cool. Jesus was so cool. But then some people got jealous of how cool he was, so they killed him. But then he rose from the dead. He rose from the dead, danced around, and went up to heaven. I mean, that's so cool. Jesus was way cool. No wonder there are so many Christians. Tim Kirk on Drinks with Tony. Check out his new book, Christ Never Showed Up, the disappointing near death of Joe McPuppet and his curious life afterward. Next week on the show, we have Taylor Hahn discussing her novel, The Lifestyle. Keep reading, keep listening, keep writing, keep storytelling, craft your stories, become part of the ever-growing mythology of being human, or at least get a sweet six-figure book deal. I'll see you next week.
You're listening to 101.9 FM, KPCRLP, Santa Cruz.